Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm not Aaron Flores. My name is Brock Dennis, and uh, we're broadcasting from both the People's Republic of Portland and the uh, institutional heart of Oregon, which is Salem, and tonight, New Jersey. Uh, so some of us are nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, and transit, adventures, and life hacks. And today, peanut butter jar Matt. Uh, peanut butter jar Matt has been with the show for a good long while. And uh, Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Brock. Excellent. It's real. You're here. You're talking to us. Yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, I'm super nervous that I'm here. <laughs> hey, no, no need to be. Uh, if you are, we us doubly so. Uh, I think the funny thing about about podcasting is that these people just kind of live in our heads uh, until suddenly you like either see them in, in the real world and you're like, that's not the way you're supposed to look. Or uh, you do a Zoom call like we're doing tonight and uh, it, we get to you get to see how the sausage is made for one. And uh, also, we actually—it's—it's—you're uh, you're, it's, uh, <laughs> you're, you're like, oh, and this is the part when the third person talks, then you are that third person. So, I uh, appreciate you filling the role. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's like I listen to you guys for so long, I do feel like I know you in a way, but then you actually get on here and it's real, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, how um, how you found the show and, and kind of your relationship with us and then uh, kind of what your life is like. Uh, and you are from New Jersey, which is what I mentioned at the top. Um, and uh, we we it's not that we've talked shit about New Jersey, but we haven't not talked shit about New Jersey. Yeah, it took a few so. digs throughout the years. I mean, yeah, maybe one or two. No big deal. <laughs> I, I hope anybody who knows us knows that uh, we, we, uh, we do kid around a lot. Uh, but I have been outside in the fresh air at Newark, but uh, Newark remains. That That's my only New Jersey experience. Uh, so, Matt, you were just saying my ancestors are from the worst part of Jersey. No, no. You said around Morristown, <laughs> right? No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of people's impression of New Jersey is uh, the airport and driving in through that area. And, it, and I can completely understand that your impression of New Jersey would be very bad up there. But no, like around Morristown, it's actually pretty nice up that way. Okay. I got to go someday. Yeah. Is Super Troopers a New Jersey thing, or am I just making that up inside? Super Troopers is a Vermont thing. Vermont. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I was totally making it up in my head. (laughs) It's the opposite end of New England. Because is, is New Jersey technically New England, or is that stop with uh, with New York? No, it technically or New England stopped. isn't even New York. Actually, yeah, New York's not even technically New England. Uh, so that's it's right. All the states northeast of that of New York. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Yep. And I only have very limited exposure to the East Coast. Uh, mostly, I, like I've been to Boston a lot because that's where my in laws live. But that's like the only place that I've been, really. Yeah. Boston's so, a good city. Yep, I have, uh, yeah. I have family from up that way too. Yeah, my father's okay. actually nice. from uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. So, yep. yeah, beautiful country up there. Uh, yeah. Even though what was the the uh, old man of the mountain fell apart. So, <laughs> yeah. So I used to go up there all the time as a kid, and yeah, the old man of the mountain eventually uh, fell apart. Yeah. And wasn't there talk <laughs> yeah. about like should we reconstruct it? Like some people were like, "This is so iconic, we got to put his nose back." And it, uh, I think, eventually common sense and entropy won out, and they just said, "Let's let's just leave it. It's a mountain." 
Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't follow along too closely, but yeah, it's, that's the best decision. <laughs> it's on uh, one of the state quarters, so uh, it's it's been memorialized for for years to come. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about uh, all of your experiences in not New England uh, in just a moment. <laughs> but first of all, Guthrie, you had an adventure this weekend. What what did you do? Yeah, I um, bit off. I think I, I originally phrased it as more than I could chew, but see, seeing that I made it back to the house on Saturday, it was exactly as much as I could chew. <laughs> um, I did a scouting slash bike overnight out into the Mount Hood Forest close to and along the Clackamas River um, Friday night and Saturday day. Uh, so yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, I like literally rode back to Portland and I kind of got the bike into the house and got the panners off the bike. And that was as much as I could manage because um, I'm not used to riding 70 upon 70 mile days with a little bit of loaded bike touring. And I thought I had prepped myself pretty good by riding Forest Park earlier this week, but that was not the case. (laughs) So thank goodness to ibuprofen and trying to sleep. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an interesting trip. Um, if anybody's ever ridden up the Clackamas river, uh, it is known as one of the growing number. I don't know the total number or the official number, but the growing number, I will say of official scenic bike routes as designated by travel Oregon. Um, and I didn't actually know that myself cause I was just kind of interested in the river and then I started seeing the signage for it, um, so I took off at 7 a.m. on Friday and rode out, made it to Clackamas by about noon. And from there, uh, went up the Clackamas River. And there's a really neat section. I think my favorite section was actually just about halfway through the ride where they did a detour that follows the contour of the trail alignment um, along the section of dams that occupies the Clackamas. And so you get about a three and a half, maybe four mile section that is literally just bicycles um, and whatever utility vehicles that the dam construction or or maintenance uses. And um, it's peaceful as hell. It's really nice out in that part. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of get back on the main road out to... Um, it's, it's the road most folks would take towards Bagby Hot Springs, and um, towards that, you head out towards Ripplebrook Ranger Station. There's a wonderful half mile, 7% grade that I totally push biked up with no shame whatsoever. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, got up onto the top of that. And um, right now, the campgrounds are closed in terms of uh, COVID type stuff, but also just like early season. Um, but there are also dispersed campground sites around. Uh, the area and the forest service has posted these wonderful signs i meant to take a photo but basically they said hey uh you're in danger of losing these because you t- keep on trashing the shit out of them and leaving diapers everywhere and etc um so i i managed to find one of those that was unoccupied to camp in um but i will be very very happy when the official campgrounds are open in that area um which i think will be this coming weekend in terms of of uh knowledge but yeah, I biked up, was trying to like find these hot springs. Um, ended up staying the night in a spot that was a little bit precarious. Uh, and I can get into that now or later, depending on 
what Brock's feeling, <laughs> but uh, made it 70 miles out, 70 miles back, and the plan of putting the bike on a bike raft and rafting down the Clackamas was quickly vetoed when I got back to uh, Estacada and realized that I was just freaking exhausted mm. and it would not be a smart idea to put myself on the water at that point. So I'm looking at doing the water section next weekend, minus the 70 miles, um, and <laughs> making that a bit more of a focus. Uh, I guess one could say getting back in the saddle in terms of balancing uh, different uh, factors as back far in the kayak as... again. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, it's like, you know, in, in the mountaineering community, they say the mountain will be there, which basically means like, don't make an attempt if it's not ideal conditions, because totally. that's kind of the definition of stupidity. Well, that's, yeah, um, that's when they send people in to rescue people is, is yep. when, when like the, the goal is more important than uh, the safety. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that is when the accidents happen. So I, I made the choice to just bike back the same way I came. And I was glad I made that choice because I barely made it back to my front door and uh, spent much of yesterday just kind of resting and recuperating. So um, yeah, it was good. And I plan to go out again. Um, the, the spot I camped in, I, I found kind of a backstop against the ridge side of um, the terrain that I was in and would have been pretty good for sleep except some folks started firing off um what seemed to be like 22s or maybe maybe a higher caliber by a tiny bit starting at about 10 30 at night and, that's unsettling um, it was extremely unsettling and, and these were not far away this was this was like people across the road from me basically yeah. and in my mind like i i've i've been out on a range before and i've i've certainly fired my fair share of weapons um you typically either shoot like across the river where you expect and or anticipate nobody to be not a good idea or you shoot into a backstop where you know nobody is going to be except that i was camping in the backstop as it turned out yeah so um (laughs) i did not get much sleep on on friday night (laughs) yeah Uh, i've always worried that that's gonna happen so this happened to you this is uh i'm glad you're okay yeah, I am glad too. I kind of like lined up my panniers along my mattress and I had a book that I brought with me and I kind of slept with that just to the, I put the book in between myself and the gunfire. There you go. And, um, you know, I, I kind of been just trying to go incognito because, um, my main thing, like the whole reason I was out there in the first place, I was like, oh, social distance, right? Like right. what better Nobody activity be than to go solo bike packing and rafting where you won't have to talk to and or meet anybody over the course of your weekend. Um, and for the spot I was able to pitch, there were like 60 people across the road from me uh, in various forms of camaraderie. That's a lot and, of people. And so I was like, screw that. I'm going to go across the road. <laughs> but, <laughs> it yeah. turned out to not be the most, you know, intelligent of decisions even at that um so i think i think plainly uh i'm not going to go there again but i did have a good time accounting for target practice i'm I'm glad you're all right i'm glad you made it back Uh, i do know uh i think you sent uh, aaron and i uh, a little song that you wrote about uh, the kind of fun you were having yes very much type (laughs) two fun (laughs) it rained pretty heavily on saturday so um Part of the reason I didn't put the raft in as well is that uh, by the time I got to the put-in, I was thoroughly soaked and decided that maybe it was just a uh, next weekend kind of activity there. You didn't need to get on the water. You were already in the water, yep. I guess. Yep. Yeah. I was already a part of that process. <laughs> so yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Like, uh, like they say, the mountain will be there. Mm-hmm. There's always next weekend. With your permission, maybe I'll edit in some of that song. 
<laughs> yeah, that'd be just fine. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what I do on bike tours. That's if I'm right. not listening to the Sprocket podcast and catching up on back episodes, I am making up songs about my experience in the in the time I'm having them. Perfect. <laughs> well, I think my experience is uh, pale in comparison. I've been trying to get out, uh, you know, for the longest time with the whole COVID-19 situation, it seemed uh, not like not like I shouldn't go biking at all, but like I just kind of wanted to play it safe and not go out for long rides because, you know, you never know uh, who's going to clip you or, or when you're going to make a wrong turn and like crash into a ditch or whatever. And so um, with uh, Oregon entering some reopening phases, I was finally starting to feel okay about going out and doing some day rides or not day rides even, but just like evening rides after work. And, uh, I got out and did 40 miles, uh, I think on Thursday of last week. And some of it was gravel. And I think I sent you a picture where you said, you know, the road. So, uh, I've been surprised at how many great roads there are out, outside of Salem, that uh, it gravel is easy to get to. It turns out. Yeah, definitely. There's, so. there's a lot of good roads. Um, that road in particular, we used to run cross country out there. Oh, so is that right? Kind of, yeah, we'd head kind of cross town, and that would be our long day. It was along that pathway. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was. It was cool. I was riding around uh, Marion and Jefferson in. Uh, I was going to say in Marion County, but I think Jefferson's actually in Lynn, but uh, right there by the county line. But uh, nice. beautiful days. It's been nice to get out. And uh, my favorite time of year, of course, is the uh, around the summer solstice where uh, it's more daylight and longer daylight than you've ever had in your year. And so uh, it only goes downhill from here. It's the saddest day of the year, the day after the summer solstice, because, you know, the days are getting shorter. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Yep. But uh, <laughs> so, Matt, let's uh, let's uh, chat a bit about you and, and uh, your experience. Uh, I think I mentioned to you maybe before we started rolling, I'll just put the uh, the disclaimer in here too. Aaron Flores is out of town and he's riding bikes in Montana with his brother. So um, he may call in while we're talking. And so yep. if he does, we'll, we'll say hi and roll him in. Uh, but first of all, Matt, uh, th- one of the reasons we're having you on is because uh, you're, you're a longtime listener and supporter. And uh, as those who listen have have been catching, we, we've been trying to get some conversations with uh, people that aren't in Portland. And it's uh, really, uh, really means a lot to us to have folks like you, Matt, who are uh, around, have been around for the long haul. Uh, you help us pay the bills and you uh, you send us a good portion of our news and mail. And so we appreciate that. But uh, first of all, where did you find the show? How did you get connected? Um, I think I found the show through um, Tammy Strobel. Like she wrote a newsletter that I was subscribed to. And I think she sent an email that she was on the show. And I was like, oh, I'll check the show out. And uh, that was around either the tail end of Brandon being the host, the co-host, or just as Aaron was taking over, I think. So that's, yeah. that's when I started listening. And About then, 2012 yeah. or some somewhere back then. Somewhere um, around then, yeah. Yeah, and Tammy Strillo, for anybody who uh, doesn't know her, she and Logan uh, were uh, former guests. They've been on the show a couple times, not for many years now, um, but and also friends that live down in Northern California. Uh, they were Portlanders at the time, and they were just in process of moving into a tiny home uh, and really shrinking their life in uh, in a pretty severe and pretty beautiful way. And uh, so, in the midst of that downsizing, uh, they came on and told us kind of how they were doing it, what they uh, what they were all about. And uh, Tammy wrote that great book, uh, "You Can Buy Happiness," and it's cheap. So, um, yeah, uh, good yeah, folks. Yeah, that's and, how I discovered her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you, Matt, ever lived in a tiny home? I've never lived in a tiny home. I've never uh, even stayed in a tiny home. I don't think I've ever even been in a tiny home. But uh, yeah. 
yeah, it's a, it's a cool idea for sure. Um, for sure. Are you a downsizer? Yeah. Um, I like to think of myself that way, but <laughs> I haven't actually done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think our last move, our house is actually technically a little bigger, although we have less storage. So I had to get rid of stuff when we moved. So that's kind of like downsizing a little, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Moving will do that for you. It, it makes you evaluate yeah. all of your life choices along the way that left you with all the things you have. I didn't think I had much. And then you start packing up to move and you're like, oh my God, I have so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting too, to me that uh, I think at the time that we met Tammy and Logan, they were, uh, they were kind of putting forth what was kind of a novel idea. The idea that you kind of break things down and like minimalism was just uh, kind of having its resurgence. Uh, or, or like being uh, yeah. presented as a as a, an idea that could be relevant to people today, um, and uh, and now just like you know it's you know almost ten years after we talked about their tiny house after they started that experiment for, for themselves, um, the whole Marie Kondo and and like you know how do you get rid of the stuff that uh, doesn't work for you in your life uh, has kind of come around again. Uh, it, it seems like it's kind of a perennial idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it seems like around that time, about 10 years ago is when it really picked up steam and kind of, yeah, like you said, it's been different people have picked it up and moved it ahead, but it's been around for about the 10 years, I would say now. Yeah. And, in, in, you know, popular discourse. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's interesting too, to think about how this might apply, even if you're not going to get rid of almost everything you own, like how, how can you tailor your life to, uh, I guess to kind of cut the fat in a way, right? Uh, to to get rid of the stuff that doesn't really yeah, absolutely uh, uh, help you achieve your life goals. Make you think what what's important, um, especially for me. It's like in a financial way. Like, what do you, what's important? What are you spending money on? Like, why are you buying this stuff? Um, you know, taking a pause. Like, do I really need this thing? <laughs> that type of stuff. Yeah, I think it's uh, very useful. Um, getting down, you know, to the extreme list where they're like, I only have a hundred things and it all fits in my backpack. That's a little much, but you know, you can, you can find a happy medium there, take some lessons from it, apply it to your life and you don't have to go all the way. You know, (laughs) I did find out that uh, the hundred things challenge, like you can count your bookshelf and all of the books on it is one thing. Apparently. Yeah. There's a lot of cheating. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Like here's, here's all my t-shirts. That's one t-shirt. That's right. (laughs) If you you wear them all at once, liter duffel. Right. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> I should, I guess I should clarify it when I say cutting the fat, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing any body shame or anything. I, I think I'm using a, a steak metaphor, so it still doesn't work for uh, anybody who is vegan, but, uh, but you know, uh, no offense meant. So, uh, the other thing I think we should clear up at the top is, uh, you, we call you peanut butter jar, Matt. And, uh, the reason is because I had a question about, uh, my recycling habits and I said, I did you just, you can never get all the peanut butter out of the jar before you recycle it. What, you know, what's a person supposed to do? And uh, you provided the answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe somebody wrote in like the week before and said, here's a good way to do it. Put some soap in with the peanut butter jar and it'll loosen up the peanut butter and then you clean, clean, clean it up. And then, yeah, I wrote in, I believe after that episode and said, here's an idea. And it was overnight oats. So right. gave you the overnight oats recipe and uh yeah it took off and apparently you're you're still using that to this day, oh yeah so. <laughs> yeah well I the rest we'll... was history <laughs> <laughs> for sure and the thing about overnight oats is that uh to to make oatmeal you're, you're giving yourself a source of soluble fiber and soluble fiber is the thing that helps move a lot of things through a lot of different objects uh i um I'm at the age where I have discovered the need for soluble fiber. And so my oatmeal intake has gone up 
And so now not only are my jars clean, but many other things are too. So uh, I, I do appreciate the, um, uh, the, the reference there and, and uh, kind of the, uh, the suggestion. So thank you, sir. Appreciate that. I do, I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'll be telling my children about you someday. The, you know, the reason I'm this old, uh, there's so, this man. He lives in New Jersey. His name is Peanut Butter Jarman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just uh, I, I like to do a little kind of a, a dive. So, uh, before we ask you about your experiences in New Jersey, I was going back and looking over uh, what you've sent us over the years, and uh, I, uh, I saw back in 2015, I believe you were tweeting at us saying, "Now that I'm all cut up, I've been going through periods of withdrawal as I wait for new Sprocket Podcast episodes." Um, so that was the point at which you, I, I presume you started at the beginning and then you just listened until there was nothing more to listen to and you had to wait like the rest of us for uh, every episode per week. Yep, that sounds about right. That would be the point where I, where I caught up to the uh, current day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was listening to the new ones as they came out and then sprinkling in the old ones as I was doing it, as I recall. Yeah. It is, it's difficult uh, as a fellow podcast listener, uh, it's difficult to get to the point where you, uh, you go from binging and having all the content you could possibly want to realizing that, Oh, now, now it really is just going to trickle out one small episode at a time. Right. It's yeah. And I'm, I'm at a point and I've been there where it's like, I'm, I don't have a podcast to listen to. So I'm looking for a new one to add. And then I'm like, should I really add another podcast? Maybe I should just let my mind breathe a little bit. <laughs> I reached the point in my, in my podcast listening fandom that, uh, I, I can no longer commit to being a completist for every series that interests me. I, I just don't have the time. There's so, too many now. There's you have to many. cut it off somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So really, yeah. It, it maybe it's kind of a blessing to reach the end of uh, end of the line uh, when the gumball <laughs> machine is finally empty. Uh, it's, and, uh, oh, you go ahead. It's it's like I feel like it's particularly difficult with the Sprocket podcast because I can't name another podcast that has been around for ten years that <laughs> I'd be like I'm going to start at the beginning of the episodes and get like all the way through. I feel like if I encountered the Sprocket at this point in time, I'd be like, "Holy shit, that's daunting!" I'm just gonna listen to like whatever's last week or something like that. For sure, yeah. I mean, I've had a difficult enough time with podcasts I've recently discovered that began only three years ago, and I'm like, well, there's still too much content there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another comment that you left us in 2016, uh, I think we had just moved uh, to the Airstream, is my guess, and you said, the new place looks lovely, but will you still be able to have alley races, which uh, you were referring, I think, to the tradition uh, in the garage, when we were in the garage in Mississippi District, uh, that uh, we would just race down the alley at the end of every episode and see who won. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I you no. did the foot races at that time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we don't yeah, have yeah, uh, yeah. we don't have any stuff. alley race equivalent, particularly not on Zoom. Even though you would think uh, by the name at least that it would make sense. Um, the passive use of pickup hit cyclists. This is also a uh, Twitter from 2016, I think. And often annoying and oft used removal of vehicle operator responsibility. Ugh. Uh, thank you for commiserating with us. Uh, we we agree that uh, you can't talk about uh, the pickup didn't hit people. The person driving the pickup did. So, preach. Uh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. This is uh, it's not it's not uh, necessarily funny. But uh, you watched Green Room uh, back in the day and said, "Oh, I, I, uh, I understand yeah. a little bit about Oregon." And and damn it, you're right. Uh, we're we're working on some of those uh, systemic racism problems right now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we yeah. we are all across the country, but yeah, yeah. I've uh, been following a lot of that, and 
you know, of course in Portland, but other places too are dealing with the, uh, the right wing aspect of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, so green room, uh, great movie, uh, featuring Patrick Stewart as a, as a Nazi. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, and I believe I said, because I'm not typically a horror fan, and I think I actually mentioned that maybe in that mm-hmm. email or tweet or whatever, that, yeah, I actually enjoyed this movie, even though I'm not generally a fan of uh, horror genre. So. Yeah, it, mm. was, uh, it was a good movie. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out where they shot some of that stuff, because I feel like in most Oregon movies, it's easy to determine the location, but they've never right. revealed a lot of the set locations, as far as I know, on that one. <laughs> Interesting. Um, uh, the nice thing is that a lot of Oregon uh, is not like that, and uh, and uh, we're all working to to make sure that it's uh, a more equitable uh, place for everyone to access. So yeah, unfortunately, I think it's a small number of very loud people. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and I mean, if if K-pop fans have uh, taught us anything, it's that you can, in fact, uh, drown out some of the noise yourself. <laughs> so I encourage everyone to to look into how that might be done. Um. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, let's see here. The, oh, right. Uh, one of the things that you told us recently, uh, well, the past couple of years is that, uh, most people you talk to, uh, think you're crazy and are surprised to learn you do not have a carbon fiber road bike and Liker kit at home. Is this still true? Now this, that would have been when I was still working in an office environment. So yeah. So it's every time I would ride my bike to work and if I had a conversation with somebody, it was always the assumption was, oh, I'm going out like road biking on the weekend and doing centuries and this kind of thing and not just using my bike for transportation. So uh, yeah, those were interactions that happened uh, at least a few times a week at that time. Um yeah, since being out of the office, you know, not as much because you just don't get that uh, that type of interaction anymore where it's like, oh, you rode your bike to work. You must dress in liquor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't you still don't have a carbon fiber bike. I do not have a steel frame bike, so there you it's go. very heavy with all the stuff on it. It probably weighs in at like 35 pounds, so <laughs> I'm not going fast. <laughs> I think all three of us on the show tonight uh, have exactly that. Yeah. Or thereabouts. Yeah. 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 No, um, no shame on what I, what best is doing. Uh, definitely in the area I live now, there's a lot of roadie type cyclists. I see them out when I'm riding, I give yeah. them a wave, but I'm certainly not riding along with them. <laughs> yep. Well, I think you also did say, uh, we, we had the debate about whether overalls were cool. And, uh, you said that overalls are definitively have been, and still are cool. <laughs> I don't recall that, but that sounds All right. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll shoot you something later to refresh your memory. Okay. Uh, so, so tell us about what it is that you do now with bicycles, with uh, all of our areas of interest, where you live now. Okay. Yeah. So where I live now, I live in kind of a touristy area along the Delaware river um, in let's say sort of central New Jersey, but in the, more of the Northwest area. So it's very unlike most of New Jersey, where a lot of it's like suburban sprawl of either Philadelphia or New York. Um, So it's a very hilly area. Uh, We have a lot of gravel around here, and we have some rails and trails too, like along the riverbank. So mostly what I do now is just go out for, you know, rides on my own, whereas before I was commuting to work back and forth, that was primarily my riding. Now it's just, hey, I'm going to go out for like a 25-mile ride and ride around on the hills throughout the uh the area it's pretty rural around here generally still a lot of uh some working farms and then just preserved farmland so it's very beautiful um uh, you know 
I'm a little further away from where all my friends live now, but anytime I get out for a ride, I'm like, I'm reminded of why we moved up here. Um, it's very beautiful, very peaceful, bucolic, you might say. <laughs> um, it's got some space. Yeah, it definitely has some space. Uh, you don't see all the uh, suburban track development, but <clears throat> where I live, I'm also only a couple miles north of a um, small city called Lambertville and across the river, New Hope in PA. So that's a cool area to go when you don't have a pandemic. There's a lot of cool little restaurants and bars and things like this. You can just ride down, have a drink, have something to eat, things like that. So, yeah. Nice. Got to keep that in mind for the next time we don't have a pandemic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, hoping everybody can, you know, these are all not chain restaurants or anything like that. So I'm hoping everybody can hold on as best as they can throughout this. So it's been a tricky, uh, it's, it's been a tricky go of it for a lot of smaller businesses. Uh, the yeah. thing that a lot of people are talking about is that, you know, eventually you're going to have uh, a point where uh, big chain businesses and, you know, national franchises and that sort of thing can, can stick around. But, uh, exactly, uh, but yeah, yeah, the mom and pop and the, the things that really kind of make a place what it is, uh, is a, a lot more difficult to, to keep going in something like this. Um, what are the roads like? Are they, you said there's some gravel. Uh, is there a lot of traffic or are you able to find places? You said there's, there's a, a lot of bucolic, uh, feelings. And so it, there's gotta be some places yeah, that, yeah. that bring that on. Yeah, mostly, no. Like if, as long as you, there's, uh, we have like count the County roads and the state roads generally are where most of the traffic is. So as long as you stay off of those and stay on more of the back roads, like there's, very, very minimal traffic. It's really just like local traffic. Most people aren't using those roads, um, you know, as a means to like commute here and there. It's just, it's not feasible for that. So as far as cycling, it's great. I mean, I can cycle all over the back roads and barely see any cars. Like I might go for a 25 mile road ride and on the back roads, I might only pass like three cars or something like that. So that's impressive. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that yeah. that's difficult enough to do sometimes out here, I think in the West where, where there's a lot of space in general. And I, whenever I think of my stereotype of the East coast, it's that that's just impossible to find. But I also know that there, anywhere you go, there's going to be someplace that people don't drive. The, the road network hasn't been set up for it, but there's still, like you're saying there, you can uh, put together your own patchwork, your own uh, uh, routes as it yeah, were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, um, now I'm pretty familiar with all the roads, but I'm still finding things, but I would just go on Google maps, kind of figure out here's generally where I want to go and head that way pull out the phone every once in a while if I didn't know where I was, make sure I didn't wind up on some uh, arterial road that I didn't want to be on. And uh, yeah, yeah, do that. But yeah, to your point where I used to live a couple of years ago and all my life before that is, you know, it's what you think of East Coast, just uh, metropolitan sprawl. Um, and you're not getting away from cars unless you're on a trail or something like that, you know, like a mixed use path or something like that. So <clears throat> Yeah, much, uh, much less present for for riding. Yeah, so yeah. this is much better. <laughs> um, would you say because you, you you've had a, a number of different work environments when when you do commute? Uh, what's the commuting like? Like when you have to be around people? Um, so the commute I had when I lived at my uh, last house was it was about seven miles, and the majority of it was on like a mixed use path. So um, probably about five miles of that. And then it was about a mile 
to the trailhead from my house, which was on pretty much a back road. So then it was maybe like a mile and a half where I had to interact with traffic more um, heading heading on that last stretch, heading into work. So I, I'm pretty confident. Like I'm, uh, I forget how you label the riders, but I'm pretty good with riding in traffic. Um, yeah. Like I'll, I'll, you know, be like, this is my space. Like, don't pass me. <laughs> but um, would you say you are strong and fearless or interested, but concerned? I'm probably more strong and fearless and maybe okay. to my detriment a little bit, but <laughs> sure. But I feel like but, there's, yeah, there's that. I made out okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the lower edge of that classification, I mean, and in a lot of ways, classifications are dumb. I think we can agree that you know, it's that. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Labels don't really work for anybody. They just kind of help us make generalizations. Uh, but the place that you find yourself is kind of like comfortable and, and okay with taking some risks. Uh, and you don't mind right. uh, telling somebody to fuck off now and then uh-huh. based on, based on if that's necessary or not, I guess. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking back, it's kind of, you sometimes have those regrets. Like maybe I shouldn't have done that to that person. You know, <laughs> they might right. have stopped their car. <laughs> <laughs> also my east coast uh, stereotype i think but uh I, I do remember like my first visit to boston was like wow everybody's so assertive over here uh but <laughs> i <laughs> i do think there's still some gradient of personality involved in that yeah absolutely. Uh, right do you tend to ride by yourself or, or would you go with other people so now um i do most of my riding by myself um and i commute it by myself um but when I can, like uh, I have a few friends that ride, so we'll we'll get together. And uh, the last time we did one before the pandemic hit, um, one of my friends, Brian, he came down to the area, so we we did a ride around here, just kind of showed him around um, some of the rides that I do. And before that, we would uh, oftentimes just pop into the city, like Philadelphia or New York City, and ride around and do that kind of thing. So it was like, ride around, stop, have a beer, ride around, stop, have something to eat, ride around, stop, have a beer, that type of ride. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, the vast majority of the rides are solo though. And I'm a very introverted person. So that's just being fun. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because I, I would probably classify myself towards that as well. Uh, I, I enjoy going out and just kind of being by myself for you know, hours at a time and, and uh, having space for my own thoughts or space for other people's thoughts. If I have an earbud in for podcasts or something like that, it's, it's nice to, to kind of be able to create your own space in that way. Uh, What, what do you look for when you're, when you're going out and you're like, Hey, I'd like to take a ride and let's, let's ignore commuting for a minute. Let's just think about when you're going somewhere for fun or Mm -hmm. or for personal fitness or both. uh, What are you looking for on that ride? Um, Mostly now it's like cool scenery so um what i like to do now is as i was saying before there's a lot of old farms around here so we actually have a lot of like rundown farmhouses and things like that in areas so i I, you know i kind of like that stuff it's like almost like in a post-apocalyptic feel in a way (laughs) but yeah you know I'll, i'll ride by i take a picture of my bike with the old farmhouse um we have a lot of cool like old steel bridges and some covered bridges in the area. So I like to check those out. Oh, this bridge was built in like 1890. That's pretty cool. (laughs) That type of thing. Um, Yeah. And then just getting out around here. um, I live like a few blocks away from the Delaware river. So it's very flat along the river. And then as soon as you go east or west, uh, you're pretty much going up a hill. So um, I like to do is, you know, get up a hill and you get some pretty cool views from up there. So yeah, 
That's and then thing. you get to ride down. And then you get the ride down. Yeah. Um, my confidence level has taken me to about 30 miles an hour top speed, I think. And then I get very nervous. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's a note for Aaron because Aaron, uh, achieved some, some higher speeds whenever he uh, logs in to chat with us. Uh, Guthrie, do you have a top speed for yourself that, that you've logged? Yeah. It's funny. Cause, um, on this bike trip, I went up a 7% grade and then came back down a 7% grade as an out and back. And I've got a bicycle computer, but I haven't hooked it up in recent years. And part of that is because knowing that number kind of scares me. Um, <laughs> so I think the biggest, uh, the, the fastest speed I've accomplished on a surly long haul trucker fully loaded touring was just above 40 miles an hour and that was wow. descending wow. a hill from Leggett in california on the portland to san diego tour uh back in like 2013 or so um and it's funny because i just recently replaced my fork and part of the reason for doing so was that i uh got in a bit of a crash and was scared that if I get too much up to speed that it will go out on me and that's just kind of like one of my worst nightmares is getting up to that that mileage per hour and then just having your fork fail and you're like well shit uh <laughs> so yeah speed <laughs> yeah. plus me plus bike equals like a little bit concerned these days so I'm, I'm happy to keep it below 30 and i feather those brakes um yeah more often 40 miles an hour days. is uh i think you're achieving woohoo speed yeah it was definitely yeah, like yeah. woohoo but it was like woohoo <laughs> question mark <laughs> according to bike snob it's 46 it. miles an hour yeah 46 uh, yeah <laughs> that's the speed at which your fred goes woohoo but then also we've established i think probably neither of you are freds and so it you know your own personal woohoo speed could vary yeah uh, i think i don't remember if i i've never gotten to 46 i think i did get to like 43 one time um and it, it's scary it's super scary because you don't know if your equipment can handle it, like you were saying and and i mean to a certain extent i guess what your uh data <laughs> the, the lack of data would make you strong and fearless i've i've as just soon as you crashed know. enough at this point like i don't trust anything over 20 uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more worried about day. like a pothole or something coming up very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your yeah. bike could be fine. And then, you know, some variation in the road surface could, yeah. could send you somewhere else. Matt, Oof. have you had any uh, any mechanical failures that have been disastrous or interesting? No, no, not really. Um, yeah, the, the worst thing I, I've had the <laughs> fender mishap um, happen before on the front fender. But thankfully, I had the... Uh, quick release um tabs for that so nothing too bad happened there okay well that that's good that's uh what lawyer tabs is that what they call them nothing uh i'm not sure what they're called but yeah (laughs) i i had to like after that happened i had i didn't have the extra tabs so i had to rig the fender on um and then i was worried that i'd have another stick and then there would be a catastrophic failure but now i now i carried extra tabs around with me so (laughs) there we go perfect yeah. Uh, well, hey, it looks like uh, I see Aaron and I see Tito. Uh, hello, guys. Uh, you hey, guys, Mark. Hey, what's up? Uh, you guys showed up at precisely the right time because we were just talking about going down hills really fast. And we are experiencing network lag. Darn internet. Yeah, it's getting it's getting tough. I think that, the, tube, the tubes are smaller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of one of those quotes that just will never get old. 
the internet is a series of tubes. Exactly. Uh, Aaron said, oh, yeah, and they're gone. Uh, Aaron said, uh, tech issue on our end, one minute. So uh, <laughs> that's all he gets. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll get back to it, I guess, in a moment. When, no when internet for that. you. Seriously, yeah. Um, what was the thing? Um, have either of you guys heard, that, I think there was a book called Tubes that was about like the network connections. And, and honestly, like, I think there's still a transatlantic cable that carries most of the information from continent to continent. Like we think about satellites and all that stuff, you know, and, and there are actually cables hooking everything up. Yeah. 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 They're, that's what they do uh, with the stock trading. They try to set up offices like as close as possible to mm-hmm. the stock exchange. They have the shortest <laughs> cable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Milliseconds. Right. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember hearing about it was a, a fresh air with Terry Gross episode. And the author was talking about like, there are certain buildings in New York city that, ostensibly look like office buildings and, and all they are it's just like wires and it's connections just, yeah. and networks yeah, yeah. Uh, like physical networks in these in these buildings right. uh, it's kind of nuts it's kind of odd to think about the fact that that is you know that is how it works yeah yeah yeah, yeah it makes you think uh what is this whole stock market for <laughs> <laughs> exactly that is be doing a this at good home. question yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I had to have my cable redone for my internet recently, and um, it was it was one of those things where like you know we have a wonderful high tech world where information just goes through the air, right? But when it comes down to it, if uh, the cable uh, that brings all that information to you is crimped or broken or or what have you, then like you have to wait three weeks and wait on the uh, on the line yeah. of Comcast for nine hours until finally you talk to a person who's like, oh yeah, we'll come you know, in three weeks. Or yeah. if somebody, uh, some tech hooks the in to the out on the splitter or something like that. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's the other the other maddening piece is that this place that I moved into has uh, coax outlets all over. And I'm just yeah. lucky that, uh, that they said, you know, plug it in where it comes into the house because none of the coax inputs uh, in my work. house work. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. were all yeah. disconnected. Yeah. There's coax all over the attic. And yet that's, you know, mm. hey, guys, we're, we're talking about tubes. <laughs> that's what the internet is a exactly of- <laughs> yeah. so we were just talking about going down hills fast and uh, you guys just did some of that we did yeah Boy, do we have a story for you <laughs> yeah and first story of all is. let's introduce so everybody knows aaron flores co-host rocket podcast uh right that's next to aaron people's republic of missoula montana yeah, yeah. that's, that's right what is this? The valley. The heart of the Bitterroot Mountains. The Bitterroot Valley. Or the Clark Fork Valley. <laughs> oh, the Clark Fork. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of the Columbia River, right? Or yeah. it, it, it feeds into the Columbia. You're correct. Yeah. I think uh, Adele and I have been out there, uh, but I, I forget the details. Uh, Tito, you and I know each other, one through Aaron, but also because we stayed at your house two different times when we bicycled through Missoula. Yes, definitely. And uh, we miss that you haven't done that in a while. Wish you yeah. would come back for sure. You're welcome. Well, hey. next time we do, we're going to have a bunch of kids with us. So uh, sweet. Make space. <laughs> um, very cool. So so tell us a little bit about, and again, uh, just to make the introduction, we're here with Peanut Butter Jar Matt, longtime uh, supporter and advocate of cycling in New Jersey. Hello, Aaron and Tito. Matt, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Nice to see you, Aaron. And for the record, I have a jar of 
overnight oats waiting for me when I get <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it just so happens that that is the thing. Perfect. Uh, I do have to say, Aaron, that it, it looks like you've got uh, you've got some COVID hair going on there. <laughs> you like? It? Yeah. That that is a lot of hair. It's it's getting there. It's, I don't think I've ever seen you with that much. Um, I don't think I've had that much hair since high school. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty darn close. Yeah. 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 Uh, Very good. So so tell us about what you guys did this weekend. So we did yeah. a trip. Tito has family out in Plains, which is... It's about an hour and a half if you go by traditional car on the two main highways. So about 90 miles by road, uh, by main road. But I decided to do something different. Actually, Aaron found the route, but we decided to do something a little different. We went, instead of going north and then west, we just went straight northwest. So we took the more direct route, but it was on Forest Service Road with a... 2500 foot elevation yeah. gain yeah. in the middle of right in the dead middle of all that and uh, made it a 75 mile <laughs> ride instead of a nine mile a 90 mile car ride so so we cut 20 miles yeah off the off off the route but, yes uh, <laughs> i would say we probably added 40 or 50 miles as far as just the wear and tear on our bodies going up this hill for six hours. Did you take your glucosamine? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what do you ask? <laughs> do you want to tell that part of the story right you probably, now? No, you tell that part. You tell that part of the story. <laughs> he should have. So. It sounds like you've got oh, some joint pain going on there. I, I I got some glucosamine after, well, glucose anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so the last mile and a half of the ascent which was i don't know it took us a good five hours at that point yeah it was about five hours to get to the to the peak the peak was about a little less than two-thirds of the way to the whole to the whole route so but we ended at would have been 5,100 feet when we got to that said peak and i don't know about that last mile and a half Aaron's I was dead. Just spent, but we killed Naturally. him. We killed him, Brock. <laughs> I I also wasn't willing to admit that, <laughs> both to my Naturally. brother and to myself, but mostly to my brother. <laughs> um, and so Tito offered, like, "Hey, man, you just want to get off and walk for a minute?" And he was already off his bike when he said this. Is he passing you? <laughs> no, but. I wasn't going that much faster than him. He was already up ahead walking. And then I just caught up to him when he said this. Um, and I was originally like, okay, yeah, just, just, I guess we'll do it for a little while thinking like, okay, I'll walk for, I don't know, five, 10 minutes and then get back on. Well, I went to get off my bike and I was just so spent. Like I fell over. Oh, <laughs> Like just, just coming off. Just, yeah. Just sw- swung my leg over and then, just went right over with my butt. Momentum was not your friend. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so we walked the rest of the way up to the top, but um, it wasn't too. We didn't walk super far. We walked no. the re- we did walk the rest of the way, like a mile and, and a half. Uh, and the, the Aaron, I mean, to Aaron's defense, he does live at the elevation of Portland, which I'm guessing is under a hundred feet. And so we started at 3,300 feet and went right. up to over 5,000 feet to get. There's thinner up there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> he was he was breathing hard even when he was walking. So it was he was definitely <laughs> trying to catch it. It's, it's, yeah. it's not it's not a lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um the day before we biked all over Missoula, Montana. Yeah. Root, yeah. And I honestly felt more beat that day at the end of that day than I did at the end of this of the big ride. Yeah, okay. this big ride. I mean as far as like out of breath, anyways. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we do get to the top, and there's five roads to choose from that are all I want to just let you know, all clearly marked, and we know the road of the five that we need to go to. But Aaron is so delirious, he gets back on his bike and rides around in circles to each one of the choices. Which one do is we go to? Is it this is one? It this one? <laughs> is this the one? Is this the one? <laughs> It's like this guy. This guy's crazy. It's kind of like a, a miniature lads sort of situation in, in the middle yes. of rural Montana. Uh, yes, he was doing his own lads. You're right, Brock. That's exactly <laughs> what he was doing. But, That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, racing in a circle will eventually get you to where you want to go. <laughs> well, so before we hit the 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 descent, Tito was like, "Hey, I know." You prefer to like just have food for calories, but there is this goo, and I really think you need it. You need caffeine. You need simple sugars. You need glucose. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's like, just go ahead. I was like, just please. try it. Just humor me. So I took one and snap. Like something opened up in my brain. I was wide awake. I was ready to go. It, it really was like one of those instances where, where that energy went straight into into where it needed to go. Ready to write a Beatles album. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Well, and Tito knows a, a thing or two about nutrition. I think he, uh, if he sees what's happening to you, I would trust his call on that. that that's good. True. true. Uh, only because I've been in those situations where, like, you're seeing the tunnel vision, but you don't know you're seeing the tunnel vision. <laughs> you can you can witness it in others, I think, easier than in yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm I'm glad you averted disaster. Yeah, definitely averted disaster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I could have I could have survived the descent without that. Um, I don't think I would have been sort of in the right frame of mind. I don't think I would have been conscious enough, so to speak, to be able to like navigate. It was I wouldn't say it was technical, in but there. Well, maybe maybe that is the definition of technical. It's a lot. Technical of is when your hands hurt, right? Yeah. Then, yeah. then yes, <laughs> it's like big rocks, like the size of of a melon. Right. Um, so this is unpaved. Is that right? Yeah, uh, completely unpaved. It's totally. just four service roads. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of rocky dirt road on the way up and on the way down. It was steeper gravel with boulders in the way. So my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, probably to, to what you guys like is it meant there was, we were by ourselves a lot for yeah. quite a bit of it. I mean, there were some people around on the downhill. There were some people four wheeling and stuff and there were a couple cars here and there, but there were times when we were two hours without seeing anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty and incredible to have that. Forest, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Of, of maybe a cat or wolf, yeah. like a big wild animal. Yeah. Uh, moose tracks or moose, awesome moose tracks moose cat. moose cat yep so that was that was cool knowing like we were far enough out where like moose were hanging out yeah and i had to ask you sent us a picture aaron uh you had something on your belt and i was i couldn't tell if it was a sidearm or oh. if it was bear spray and you said it was bear spray it was bear spray yes okay yeah, yeah. we had a can of bear spray we came out prepared yeah for that anyways yeah so. very good and you didn't have to use it nope that's nope. good 
Um, I will say I was, I was honestly really concerned. That was like one of my two biggest fears was, was uh, wildlife and then someone who might be a little overzealous about their land. Um, and neither, neither of those fears were founded. So yeah. And yeah. As a good. Montanan, I was more worried about the latter. Right. Uh, just some isolation. Their land. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, as Aaron said, you treat them both the same. You give them distance. And if you have to use the bear spray. So. <laughs> yep, and you don't come between them and their young. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, there, was a, there was a fun moment the night before when Aaron is telling his nieces that he was worried about bear. And they said, what about mountain lions? What do you mean mountain lions? <laughs> yeah, they they hunt in silence. They attack you when you don't see or hear them. They jump down from the trees. They jump from the you. trees, Uncle Aaron. <laughs> no big deal. Exactly. <laughs> so that really, I think that kept him up that night. So that's fantastic. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, <sighs> I would highly recommend anyone who happens to be in Missoula and wanted a a gem that I don't think anybody really does on a bike to say, hey, let's go nine mile to let's get on nine mile road to plains because that is that is a gem that is right. that was gorgeous it yeah. was just beautiful there wasn't really much either you were in this forest that you felt like you were in this jungle or you were up above the forest and could see for miles and yeah. miles peaks about beyond peaks beyond peaks so that's awesome then, yeah yeah and then getting down i mean it was it was a lot of fun getting down it was it was kind of treacherous, but that's also part of the fun, right? Did, um, did you uh, did you get down like this? <laughs> no, it's more like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think we took three breaks just to rest our hands. Yeah, yeah. It was very yeah. surprising. Like I never, I don't think I've ever had a descent that a descent that was that steep where the minute you let go of your brakes, you could really feel the pull of gravity you know, um, bringing you further and further down, like so, so quick. Um, but it was also like, so that was like part of the fun too, was this sort of sense of you're coming down really fast and then you got these turns, um, and you got to like really be thinking a few more steps ahead of, ahead of where your next turn is, you know, okay, I'm going to come around this turn, but I don't know what that, what is around that next bend. So I got to, be sure, okay, if it's soft gravel, you know, get ready to like slow down, perhaps put a foot down. If it's not, you know, is it a hole? Yeah. It's, <laughs> sometimes it's a hole and not sometimes a boulder. Sometimes it's a hole. It's the opposite of a boulder. Sometimes you're ready for a jump off a boulder and you end up sinking your front wheel down into a hole. Yeah. That, uh, Matt, we were just talking about that, about that's kind of the, the pernicious nature of speed is that you don't know necessarily everything about the road unless you've been there a hundred times. You don't right. really know that. Yeah. And it was a first for both of us. So yeah. we both were trying to navigate something very new to both of us. So, yeah. yeah. That said, I would not suggest this ride to just about anybody. Um, <laughs> you have to too be fun. <laughs> you have to be a special kind of, of, of adventurous slash stupid. <laughs> so what you're saying is next time you do it, you want to do it on a uh, no break single speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gravity Fix bikes, yeah. Do it on, do it on your fixie. Do cool. it on a. Oh, I would love to take somebody who's um, <laughs> confident on their fixie. I've never been on a hilly ride with somebody on a fixie. That'd be hmm, <clears throat> interesting. Um, I I would do this again, 
but only with a fat bike. Okay. Um, more just, cushion. Yes, more cushion. The the amount of like just large rocks in the road, and that was actually maybe part of the issue with the um, with the ascent was you're not only just going up this steep hill for well, it wasn't even super steep, but it was just long. It was three um, miles of a pretty decent. Well, ascent. yeah, those last three miles were definitely steep, um, but it just all day you're going up, going up, going up. And then you have these last three miles of really steep. Um, yeah. And those last three miles are again, like boulders and rocks. And so you're stuff, trying to so dodge them to not stop you. Yeah. 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 So it was, it was interesting, which it's interesting. He says, next time I do it, I'm doing it on a fat bike. I actually, I felt like I had the advantage of having the thinner tires because I was avoiding rocks easier. Really? On the way, on the way up, mm. on the way up. So. Okay. Yeah, so it depends on if you want a good up or a good down, but you can't have both. I guess not. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt, do you have any experience with fat bikes? I do not have any experience with fat bikes. I will just say that there was a lot of fat bikes around for a while, a few years ago, and now I don't see so many fat bikes. That's my experience with fat bikes. <laughs> Time has tested them, and, and at least for central New Jersey, uh, they, they are not yeah. necessary. Yeah, exactly. They they have a purpose riding around. Uh, New Jersey is not one of those purposes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Aaron, do you have any questions about New Jersey? We've talked about some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, are you tired of the Joe Piscopo references? Uh, I don't think I get a lot of Joe Piscopo references for a while there. It was like, a lot of, it's, it's like Sopranos references for, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. if you try, if you travel to like Europe, it's like, Oh, Sopranos, you know, <laughs> note to self, more Joe Piscopo references. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking uh gangster, there's, isn't Jimmy Hoffa and uh, East Rutherford in the giant stadium. And that that was one of the legends, yeah. That he was buried in the uh, foundation. I think it's been thoroughly debunked, but yeah, that yeah. was definitely definitely a uh, a legend there. <laughs> Although to be fully debunked, wouldn't it have to be deconstructed? Uh, yeah, I think right, so, that stadium might have been destroyed. Oh, right, destroyed. Never mind. Yeah. Okay, so so if somebody <laughs> yeah. knows, they're not telling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. And Matt, I'm curious for you, do you have any uh, descent tips, any uh, thoughts about riding downhill? Um, my, I check the brakes a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> watch for <laughs> obstacles in the road. Um, yeah, yeah. I did once hit, I um, made a impromptu stop at a brewery one time and I had one of those baskets on the back that just kind of folds out. And I put a four pack of beer in the basket and then I was riding home and I was descending a hill and I wasn't paying super close attention. And I hit a nice little bump and it bumped the four pack of beer out of my basket and all the way out. Yeah. All the way out. Every beer got punctured. Uh, I got home and I was able to rescue about, you know, about half of that beer. (laughs) Better some than none. So a tip would be, um, if you're descending with a four pack of beer, be extra vigilant, (laughs) add some padding, tie it down, all that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, Matt, I I am curious just because I feel like you would know if if you were in Oregon and that had just happened, where would you go to get a replacement? Um, I think there is a certain establishment on Southeast division and 12th perhaps. Oh, uh, what's it called? 
the beer mongers. Oh, okay. All right. Sounds good. It it sounds trustworthy. I'll have to go check it out sometime. (laughs) What what do they have there? Uh, I know they have a big stick on the ceiling. Oh, nice. Unrelated, but but I'm 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 excited about that too. Uh, Do they happen to have live sports with sound? Uh, they might have that too, and they might have a wide selection of beer and non-alcoholic okay. beverages as well. I would imagine, right? And and when you show up, you know, under ordinary circumstances, uh, not particularly during this time in history, but ordinarily there would always be a seat for you, I believe. So again, where was that? Uh, that is the beer mongers on Southeast Division Twelve. Okay, thank you. I'll I'll check it out next time I'm there. All of our interviewees from New Jersey recommend the beer mongers. <laughs> On Southeast Division and 12. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Matt, is there anything else people should know about if they're going to visit New Jersey and they have a bike, uh, what should they do? Um, I would say (laughs) once you're into New Jersey itself, I would say, yeah, the the northwest, uh, central northwest area of New Jersey is the most beautiful part. Um, Try to get out there and do some cycling around that area. Lambertville, New Jersey, and North. It's uh, yeah, it's quite lovely. Excellent. And uh, I guess the last thing is just uh, you and Tim Mooney from the Pedal Shift Project are connected uh, in a unique way. Yes, we actually met in person a few years back. Um, I think I inquired about Tim's folding bike on his blog. And he happened to mention, hey, I'm actually selling this bike because I'm getting a new one. And I said, cool. Um, and we arranged to meet in a dark alley and I purchased that bike from Tim. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I've, yeah. I've unfortunately, uh, Tim, I've, I sold that bike since, um, kind of part of the moving downsize. Um, uh, we'll, we'll cut this part out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure the person that has that bike now is fully appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah sure. love, man. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not just going to toss in the trash heap or anything. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Well, Matt, I am curious if you have any questions as a longtime listener for us. Um, No, I feel like I know everything about you guys now. You really do. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no specific questions. No, no. All right. Sounds good. Well, would you like to hang out with us for our news and mail? Yeah, sounds good. Fabulous. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Don't don't ever use that. Okay, Tim. June first through July fifth, Petapalooza twenty twenty. It's taking a different shape than we expected, uh, but it is uh, resiliently and resoundingly, uh, I, I think, uh, positive and and good for the town. Uh, really impressed with what I'm seeing, and uh, all of that wonderful uh, positive bike fun energy has been purposed uh, towards uh, representing and, and calling for a better and more just world. And uh, I'm, I'm all for that. So uh, thank you, Petalpalooza. Thank you, uh, Petalpalooza organizers. Uh, anybody who's there, greatly appreciate it. Indeed. August 15th is the Swift Summit 200-100 version 4 in Lebanon, Oregon. And I'm going to have to ask and see. I, I, it may or may not still be on. I know a lot of plans have changed, and I think it's very possible this one will have too. I'm just uh, having I'm going to have fun to verify pronouncing that. it at this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> August 16th, uh, if in fact it's on the Swift Summit Northwest Hill Climb uh, at a location 
that is unknown to us right now. And a time and date that might be soon to be unknown. Yeah. <laughs> September 12th is the LADS 505th first annual right here in Portland, Oregon. That's right. It's been pushed off a couple of times. Uh, it was going to be in April and then it was going to be in July. Now it's in September. And, you know, who the hell knows? But we'll find out. Um, you know, the tagline has always been, it's spring. Let's do something stupid. That's uh, right. Is he going to change the tagline now that it's pushed out to fall? I wonder. It's a really good question. We'll have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, would any of you like to highlight a group ride? Yeah, I will highlight the Corvidae bike club ride. Um, Caca! 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 Yeah. Um, big shout out to the folks over there making riding a bicycle inclusive and accessible here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we had scheduled a interview with some of the folks from the Corvidae bike club ride, and in the acknowledgement that group rides aren't really a thing right now, uh, we took a rain check with them. So big shout out to Lex and Soleil and the crew over with Corvidae. Um, much love to you all. And we look forward to a future that provides the ability to join in a Corvidae bike club ride sometime in the near-ish future. Um, so yeah. Covered Bike Club Ride is is my pick for this week. Beautiful. All right. Shall we roll the headlines? What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. It circles around the all right uh this i regretfully is uh, i think what we would put in the category of some old bullshit news uh someone with no license plates drove through people on the black liberation ride uh this isn't good news we try and stay away from bad news when we can but uh you guys know the world we're in right now um with your head under a rock no, it's true. And uh, this is, uh, we, we've talked about the Black Liberation Ride. This is one that uh, 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 creating a space and holding a space for people uh, who aren't white. Uh, there's a lot of whiteness, uh, particularly in Portland, and the value of holding a space that's not uh, explicitly white and, and uh, makes space for a different mode and a different uh, kind of existence is really important. Uh, and so we talked about the Black Liberation Ride uh, in celebration of Juneteenth, uh, organized for and by people of color. and. Uh, uh, really, really great thing going on there. Uh, they were raising money and they were going to donate the proceeds to uh, some other uh, some other causes in Portland. Uh, at this point, they are also raising some money for uh, a uh, another thing that happens when the ride uh, was was going on. So it was overall great ride, great turnout, uh, wonderful to see people uh, creating and holding the space. Um, but from Bike Portland, I'll read here. Another group of peaceful bike riders was assaulted by the driver of a car. It happened yesterday during the Black Liberation Ride in Northeast Portland. According to witnesses, including someone who was driving by and shared a recording of the incident taken from their dash cam, which they have linked to in the article, it happened on Northeast Skidmore between 14th and 15th. Several riders were involved in the incident. Um, one rider, Rene Morin, sustained minor injuries and his bike is heavily damaged. The community has already rallied around him with donations to get the bike fixed and replaced. 
his Venmo is at Rene-Morin if you'd like to help. Uh, we're going to put that up on our webpage for this episode so that you can see that. Uh, this is it's sad, but I do appreciate the fact that people are, are coming around and saying, uh, this is, uh, this is some bullshit and we're going to do something about it. We're going to help you, uh, make it right and get you a, a bicycle, uh, that can, that can take you onward from here. It's worth noting. Renee's also a, uh, courier. Uh, so the bicycle isn't just like you trash somebody's bicycle. You trashed his motive of income. business, his motive income. Right. Um, he actually has been to my place a few times delivering of some things. Uh, oh, that's right. You, uh, you yeah, know. Passing familiarity with Rene. Great guy. Um, and again, like you didn't just trash whoever you are. You didn't just trash his, his bike. You didn't just trash some piece of equipment. And that is all bad enough, even if it was just that. But you took away his, his bread and butter. Right. Yeah, which is an injustice in and of itself. I think the thing that's really important to note is that there's something we can do to help this person get back on a bike. And uh, that's this is the time to come around and, and help people out in ways like that. So um, again, not great news, but but uh, this is something that I think is important for us to, to highlight. So um, really appreciate everybody. I know a lot of you out there have been uh, have been looking for, for places to support and, and uh, to kind of help folks out. And uh, th- again, this is just this is a good way to do that. So indeed well yeah. we we may not uh we may not have all of the facts but there is something we do have we got mail. Hey, we got mail. all right uh this came in today and i think uh we had one similar to this uh not too long ago but uh, i wanted to read this uh, my name is Natasha from Maryland. I have been on the lookout for some artworks lately in regards to I and my husband upcoming wedding anniversary, which is just around the corner. I stormed on some of your works, which I found quite impressive and intriguing. I must, imp- I must admit you are doing quite an impressive job and I want you to do one for us too. You are undoubtedly good at what you do. Kindly get back to me with your phone number where I can reach you at. Thanks. So, uh, that's 503. 503- Eight four seven nine seven seven four Natasha, and we would happily supply you with one of our artworks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I we, we can be invited to the wedding. That's right. Yeah, that, <laughs> yes. that, that, that's probably the stipulation that goes along with it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've got some canvas lying around. We should we should totally take them up on their offer. Oh, you yeah. guys definitely need to. <laughs> it's like, can you play the player? How how good are we at this? <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to take it to the next level. You, you gotta we got to. Right. Is anybody here familiar with Kit Boga by any chance? I feel like maybe. Okay. Uh, so Kit Boga is a Twitch streamer slash YouTube channel that calls back the scammers and okay. basically like time wastes slash reverse scams. Um, I feel like we've got a real opportunity here with some with some artwork on our side. <laughs> Fabulous. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to get entertained and are, are feeling like, you know, fuck the man, um, Kit Boga is an interesting YouTube channel to take a watch of. Fabulous. Right. Kind of like that. What are doing tonight? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think that brings us down to the end. Uh, PBJ, Matt, thank you for being here with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for being nice on. Being you all, absolutely, yeah, and That's really great. appreciate your support over all the years. Uh, Tito, good to see you again. Always good to see you, Brock. It's been too long. Uh, come to Salem someday. 
Yeah, you're well, you know, I just said you're welcome anytime. So all right, sounds especially good. Especially those kids. I'd love That's to right. them, So absolutely. Yeah. We'll we'll drag them over. Yeah. Uh and then uh Aaron, uh I hope you have a good conclusion to your trip. Um so far so good. The only way it could be a bad conclusion is if I don't get on a flight back. There we go. Really, Make bad. sure that happens. And I just hang out here yeah. for a little while. And he's just here longer. So just in brief, how was the boxing of the bike? Uh, the second time around went so smooth that I think I forgot something. <laughs> the There's bike. a derailleur out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <That bike. laughs> was it, uh, did they check it as you were checking in? Was I on about that? Oh yeah. Thank you, by the way. Otherwise that would have been a real pain. So I originally taped up the box to my bike and, you know, like really securely and Guthrie was kind enough to say, you know, hey, by the way, they're going to check it, so don't tape it up. <laughs> but I but did the same thing myself. <laughs> it, was, it was at least before I got to the airport, so I was able to cut open the the tape and, and leave it open for them, uh, rather than having to do all that as I'm trying to check in. <clears throat> Sweet. Yeah, glad yeah. it made it. Uh, yeah, it worked out. Excellent. Cool deal. Um. All right. So I think that brings us down to the end here. Uh, Matt, is there any, uh, is there any particular flair that we should give to this uh, credit reading this week? You know, I started thinking about this before and then I forgot. So I'm going to give you guys the mulligan this time. Yeah, (laughs) mulligan. What's up? (laughs) Fabulous. Oh, that's great. We haven't gotten a mulligan in like months. That's true. <laughs> it seems like Guthrie wants it every time. So hey, I, I always, I always offer it. I always put it out there. <laughs> yeah, this would be relaxing. Oh, <laughs> uh, you rock, PBJ okay. Matt. No, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna trump that. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm not here as a host. I'm here as a kind of a crashing guest, anyways, and. You're going to read it in a very relaxed tone because you're so excited <laughs> about being relaxed about reading this. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. All right. Hype, hype train. Here we come. <laughs> Just for that, I'll read it angstily. <laughs> <laughs> you ready, Brock? I'm all set. All right. The Sprocket Podcast is produced ordinarily at xray.fm studios thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters such as Peanut Butter Jar Matt. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com Call or text to 503-847-9774 That's right. You can check out our artworks at Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. And thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headline sounder. And Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Shadowfoot, Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazinski, and Tim Mooney. Who sold a bike to Peanut Butter Jar? Matt Glenn, Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss. Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt. Who's a time Time traveler? traveler. Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, JPQ Lee. Hey, you know who we've been talking to? It's a person. 
and they're great, and their name is Peanut Butter Jar Matt. But also, thanks to Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, and Drew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, and uh, he'll be back sometime. Andre Johnson, King of Division, who's raising a ginger beer up to the screen, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's right over on the other side of the screen, Aaron Green, the author of We Were Like Sons and the founder of uh, Regrainery. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Poulton. Rory in Michigan, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, E.J. Fennerin. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Optenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron. Chris Barron and Chris, Chris Barron. Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks. Kaka. Marshall, Paula at Funatake Cycle Craft. Philip M. Spartandale, although of no relation. Mr. T, who never really left Bike Initiative. He went off, Sarah G. Adam D. Go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. I don't really feel like digging a hole right now, but Greg Murphy, Myra Martinez, Oso. Isaac M. David Christensen, 503. And our newest donors, Byron Patterson and JT. And, and now, to all of our former donors who've helped us get this far. Now wash your hands and brush your teeth. And stay safe. In bed. We love Don't go you anywhere all. else. We do. <laughs> I'm going to go sleep now. Yep, I I feel so laconic. Yes. <laughs>